It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are those markets doing? The markets are doing a lot better than they have been. Let's put it that way. Uh, most indices are in the green this morning. Uh, and what's really leading are some of those growthier sectors, such as technology. Uh, we're seeing energy stocks and materials down slightly. Uh, but indices are well off their lows uh, and continue to pick up steam, really. I mean, when you take a look at the low, which was around June 16th, uh, the S&P 500 is up 12%. The Dow is up 10 uh, the NASDAQ is up 17% since that low. The TSX here in Canada is up less, 3%, but it was also hit uh, not as much as some of those other indices. And again, there's a lot of reasons for that. And uh, you and I have been speaking throughout this whole bear market, and I've been saying, you know, there's going to be a catalyst that changes this. You know, the markets don't go down forever, although it started to feel that way for investors. Yeah, it certainly did that. So what like what are some of the other reasons why perhaps we're seeing this this happen? Uh, I would say, you know, initially when we got the last inflation number as well, you know, core inflation was, you know, showing some signs of improvement. Uh, on top of that, we've had earnings season that's been stronger than expected. Analysts were were thinking that companies were not going to beat expectations. We're really, you know, 70, 80 percent have. Uh, so that's also very positive. And then we had uh, the U.S. Fed increase rates by three quarters of a point and the markets get excited. And, you know, a lot of investors are kind of scratching their head going, why? Why is this happening? You know, it's still three quarters of a point. Well, it didn't surprise. It wasn't one uh, whole percentage point. Uh, and also, I would say they were a little less aggressive um, in what they were saying, you know, again, being flexible, looking at the data as it comes out and all of that together and with oversold conditions. I mean, when you start seeing some of these really high quality names, you know, down 30% on the year, uh, it starts not to make sense. And again, that's why it's so important to be on top of what's happening not just in, you know, global markets, you know, with the political situation or geopolitical, uh, but also company specific, right? Because some companies have reported exceptional earnings in this environment. And again, so it's really important, you know, as to what you do hold in your portfolio and how you're going to get through this. Because again, markets are showing signs of improvement. And as an investor, you want to look forward uh, and you don't want to look in the rearview mirror and, you know, be panicked or scared of what has happened. Again, the markets have digested a a lot of this news that's come out in the first half of the year um, and again moving forward and like I said right. gaining steam as well. I guess I'm interested Lori in why markets haven't responded I guess even more positively to the fact that we've been talking about earnings season and for the most part earnings season has been pretty positive. Yeah, it has. And I mean, I mean, that's why we're seeing this 10% plus move uh, on markets to the upside since that low. A lot of that does have to do with earnings. When you see a company that's had a, a good report, uh, like Amazon, for example, I mean, it was up, you know, over 10% in just one day. So, uh, you know, you have to, you know, as an investor, not get too emotional, as we've been talking about during bear markets or declines in the market, because again, it always creates opportunity, which has allowed us to pick up some companies that are uh, well off the highs, um, you know, over the past few weeks and, and adding those to the portfolios. And I think that's what's important that people need to look at right now. Okay, so there is all of that to keep an eye on. Um, can I ask you, by the way, what is ESG investing? 
Yeah, you know, I've wanted to talk about this for some time, but there's just so much news in the markets. We've been kind of talking about, uh, you know, emotions and investing or active management. But ESG really stands for Environmental Social uh, Governance. Um, And it's really a set of criteria used to analyze companies for how they measure in terms of ethical practices. And these ESG or sustainable investment funds, you know, used to be called ethical funds as well, we would hear uh, quite often. And, and there are some issues that I have with, with these types of funds. Um, and the reason is, is because there's really no uh, way to determine exactly if a company, you know, is any of those things. And I think it's a little bit of a, a marketing ploy by some of the fund companies to get investors excited to invest alongside their values, which is obviously important. Uh, but as an investor, you want to understand what you're investing in as well. Okay, so now we we know that ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. What does that mean, though? So environmental criteria considers how a company like safeguards uh, or helps the environment. Social criteria examines how it manages relationships with its people and communities around them. Uh, governance deals with a company's leadership, audits, and shareholder rights. Um, and again, the way it's marketed is, you know, they're uh, kind of above other companies in, in a way in terms of values. And, and so while that's important, just remember, you, you need to understand what you're always investing in. And sometimes a lot of these funds have had lower performance or even higher fees. Uh, you know, that's often said you pay a, a greenium uh, on the fee instead of a premium. Um, and so we're seeing uh, a lot of these funds charging higher fees with lower performance and again, not being active in terms of their management. So I think it's important uh, as an investor, you know, if you don't believe in energy or pipelines, that's okay. You know, you can actually tell your financial advisor, or portfolio manager, you know, that's not something I want to invest in. And, and you can actually not include that in their portfolio. But when you um, decide to be fully invested in ESG type funds, you may be hurting your own performance in, in, over the long term. And the thing is about some of these funds, they are entirely excluding some uh, some sectors such as energy, oil and gas materials, which might be okay, you know, for you. Uh, but sometimes these sectors are the ones that outperform as well. So you have to keep that in mind. And I think the biggest thing to take away from this is that there's just no real way to define a company uh, that is, uh, you know, actually showing these higher standards. So it's kind of, um, I think, again, in my opinion, more of a marketing ploy, if anything, on uh, and and really looking at at how can they get investors to invest more money in these funds than, than really going after sustainable uh, type companies. Right. Because like, obviously they're marketing themselves that way and investors are looking for them because the investors want to believe that they are, they're doing something right, right? That they're doing something good. So what should we look for then if we want to make that choice? Yeah. So there's no clear definition of what constitutes ESG or sustainable. And that's really one of the biggest challenges of these types of funds. And so you can actually take a look at these funds on globefund.com. You can see what the top 10 holdings are. Uh, You could probably go a step further and actually find out what all of the holdings are and, and whether that fits with your values. But again, I think it's important to have that conversation with your financial advisor. Like, you know, don't just, you know, come up with the idea that you want to be all in ethical type funds and maybe talk to a financial advisor and say, you know, what should I 
do if these are my values or I don't like this specific sector or this particular company. Uh, and again, a financial advisor can work around that. Any good financial advisor should. Um, you know, I've had a client that uh, didn't want to invest in banks for religious reasons. I've had a client that didn't want to uh, invest in one of the largest consumer type stocks because she didn't like the way they handled their employees, for example. Um, you know, and then there's some companies that are kind of I don't, I don't want to say pretend uh, that they're more green than they are, but there was a company that came out and said they had a strawless lid. And, you know, that's exciting for some people. But the, the problem was, is that the new lid and cup that they had actually ha was using more plastic uh, than it did with the with the uh, straw before. So, so again, you just got to take a look at what you're investing in and make sure that you're investing for now, right? I mean, the point of investing is also to have a return to, you know, increase your portfolio by the time that you retire or uh, while, while you're retired and you want to make sure that it's invested in the types of companies that are going to succeed in this environment uh, at this time. So we got to do a little bit of research. Exactly. And, and or ask your financial advisor or portfolio manager for, for their advice. I mean, that's why you have them there, right? So that they can guide you when you have questions like this, because it, it definitely comes up, you know, and, and we want people to invest alongside their values. Uh, but we also want them to have good performance and, and stable performance on an ongoing basis as well, which is super important, especially in this environment. You want active management. In my opinion, I don't think a lot of these funds are actively managing these companies. All right, Lori, thank you so much for that. Thanks, Emmy. Have a great day.